Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello and welcome to ADCES podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. Welcome to Sick Days in Diabetes, Primary Prevention and Management. My name is Jody Lavin-Tompkins, and I'm an advanced practice nurse and certified diabetes care and education specialist and director of accreditation and content development at ADCES. Today, I'll be asking our expert, Carla Cox, to explain the role of the diabetes care and education specialist in preparing and educating people with diabetes about sick days. Carla is a PhD registered dietitian and fellow of the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. This podcast and the participation of Carla Cox is sponsored by Essentia Diabetes Care, makers of the Contour Next brand of blood glucose monitors. Thanks for joining us, Carla. Thanks, Jody. It's great to have a chance to spend some time with you, even if it isn't in person. I feel the same way. Since we're recording in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, we're forced to do this remotely. Lately, we've all been affected by coronavirus prevention measures. You must be getting a lot of questions from your clients about what can be done for prevention, preparation, and what to do if they get sick. You'd better believe it. We've always taught individuals and families impacted by diabetes about sick day management. But in a new age of potentially deadly viruses that can spread quickly, it's more important than ever for people with diabetes to be properly prepared. Yes, preparation is the key. Can you explain to our listeners why this is so important? Absolutely. In general, when a person with diabetes gets ill, management of diabetes is more challenging. In addition, if their blood glucose has been elevated prior to the illness, they're more likely to be sicker with the illness as well. There is a two-way interaction between illness and diabetes. Each one makes the other harder to manage. Technically, simply having a diagnosis of diabetes does not increase the risk of getting ill. It is poorly managed diabetes that is really the cause of the increased risk. Elevated blood glucose levels can compromise the body's immune system. This reduces the ability to fend off all types of viral and bacterial infections from common colds to the flu. Having excessive amounts of blood glucose in the body also creates an ideal breeding ground for infections. In essence, it provides fuel for bacteria and viruses to grow and multiply. And when you consider that many people with long-term, poorly managed diabetes have compromised circulation, you can see why the ability to fight infection is hampered. So it's the elevated glucose that's behind many of the concerns then. Exactly. Managing blood glucose levels is important for so many reasons, not the least of which is reducing the impact of the illness 
And if blood glucose is managed prior to the illness, it may reduce the risk of even getting sick. Carla, you've talked about how illness creates challenges for those trying to manage their diabetes. Can you review some of the reasons for that? Yes, there are a number of reasons. First and foremost, infections cause inflammation and subsequently insulin resistance. The liver secretes extra glucose and insulin does not work as effectively as usual. With higher glucose levels, dehydration can become a problem. And if the insulin resistance becomes severe, it can cause the production of excess ketones. If one isn't careful, this can lead to ketoacidosis, particularly in people with type 1 diabetes or insulin requiring type 2 diabetes. Interestingly, some illnesses such as stomach flu can have the opposite effect on glucose levels. When the stomach or intestines are affected, glucose levels may actually drop below normal. This is related to decreased nutrient absorption and depletion of the body's glycogen stores. It is possible that people with diabetes can become ketotic with normal or even low blood sugar levels. This is especially true for people that are on SGLT oral medication. Well, all of those reasons just reinforce why it's so important that we teach people with diabetes all there is to know about sick day management. You got that right. Part of that teaching has to include warnings about over-the-counter medications that may interfere with accurate blood glucose meter readings. Persons with diabetes should always discuss medications with their healthcare providers prior to use. There are many over-the-counter medications that can affect the accuracy of blood glucose meters and CGMs. For example, many people with a fever are encouraged to take acetaminophen, but acetaminophen is known to cause falsely elevated readings on a number of continuous glucose monitoring systems. And some blood glucose meters, particularly older models, produce false readings in persons who take large doses of vitamin C. I have always recommended checking with meter manufacturers or their healthcare provider to find out which medications can cause interference before recommending them to persons with diabetes. So given how complicated things can become, I'm guessing it's in our best interest to coach people on what they can do to avoid getting sick in the first place. What do you usually recommend to your clients? It is essential to manage blood glucose levels at all times to help prevent illness. As I mentioned earlier, elevated glucose levels can compromise one's immune system and create a breeding ground for bacteria and viruses to set up shop. So tight management is a must. That means checking glucose levels often with a dependable, accurate device and doing what it takes to stay within the targets established by one's healthcare team. What else do you advise your clients to do to reduce their risk of contracting an illness, Carla? Many of the healthy lifestyle habits that we teach our persons with diabetes for managing their disease are also effective for boosting immunity and warding off other illnesses. Things like getting enough sleep, reducing the stress in one's daily life, maintaining a balanced diet, good hygiene, and exercising regularly as recommended by a healthcare provider. These are all helpful for staying well. You know, that sounds like good advice for all of us, not just our clients. You bet. But don't overlook the importance of proper hygiene. Some germs are transmitted through the air, others on solid surfaces, and others through direct physical contact. One thing we've all learned from the coronavirus pandemic 
is that we can reduce the risk of getting sick by avoiding close contact with people who are known to be sick. Frequent hand washing with soap and water is a must, particularly after being in public places, using the restroom, or shaking hands with others. If soap and water are not available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. And if we all need to make conscientious effort to avoid touching our eyes, nose, and mouth. It's amazing how many times a day we do that without even realizing it. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. And don't forget about vaccinations. You would be surprised how many people with diabetes fail to receive essential vaccinations for things like tetanus, diphtheria, whooping cough, shingles, pneumonia, and hepatitis. And of course, a flu shot is recommended every year. So Carla, what about fresh air for avoiding illness? Can you say more about that? Fresh air is important. Recirculated or stale air tends to hold more germs than fresh air. Getting outdoors and opening the windows is a good way to make sure you're getting plenty of fresh air. Humidity can also be helpful. Airborne germs tend to fall to the ground and die much faster in humid air. And dry air can cause the nasal passages to dry out and crack, creating an open channel for germs to enter the body. So using a home humidifier is a good idea, particularly during winter months when the air tends to be drier. Yeah, so Carla, you've mentioned some great ideas for helping our clients prevent illness. But as we all know, there are still no guarantees. So if a person with diabetes does become sick, what can we do to help them through it? I'm glad you brought that up. Every person should be given a written sick day management plan from their healthcare provider that is customized to their needs and situation. And it needs to be reviewed on an annual basis. Every sick day plan begins with proper medical care. People with diabetes should be advised to contact their primary care provider as soon as symptoms of an illness arise because waiting too long can lead to serious complications. They should also touch base with their diabetes care team if their blood glucose levels start to rise or fall due to the effects of an illness. For situations like these, it's ideal to offer virtual care so that persons can receive expert guidance quickly and without the need to travel to an office or clinic. To enhance virtual care, I found it helpful to have people use a blood glucose meter that is passively transmits data to a web-based program so that providers can have instant access to the information. You've mentioned several times how important it is to manage glucose levels in order to prevent and overcome illnesses. Now, can you talk about tips we can share with our clients to help them with their glucose management when they're sick? As you know, Jody, it all starts with having quality information. Encourage individuals to use an accurate meter that is unaffected by common over-the-counter medications and supplements, and have them check their glucose often as directed by their healthcare provider. Blood glucose meter accuracy information can be found in the device user guide. It is also important to have them monitor their ketones if they are using insulin by checking with either a blood ketone meter or urine dipstick. The presence of elevated ketones can be the sign of a severe infection that requires treatment intensification or possibly a trip to the urgent care facility. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because the word ketone gets thrown around a lot, especially with so many people following ketogenic diets. Can you give a little more context around ketone measurements and when they would be considered a problem? Great question, Jody. 
If someone is on a very low carb diet, they can spill ketones. However, that does not lead to diabetic ketoacidosis. When DKA can occur is when there is inadequate insulin available for the condition they're in. For example, if someone neglects to take their insulin or use spoiled insulin, or during an illness when severe insulin resistance is present, it is almost as if there's a lack of working insulin in the body. Blood sugars tend to run very high under these conditions, which contributes to dehydration. When a person who is producing ketones also becomes dehydrated, diabetic ketoacidosis can occur. So clearly, someone who is sick and producing ketones will need much more aggressive methods for managing their diabetes. Absolutely. It is common for insulin users to require double or triple their usual doses. For those who do not normally take insulin, it may be necessary to take insulin in order to manage glucose levels until the illness clears up. However, all persons with diabetes should consult with their doctor prior to changing or modifying their medication. Great, Carla. Can you review some other measures people should take to stay on track and recover from an illness? Adequate hydration is essential. Things like fever, hyperglycemia, vomiting, diarrhea, and reduced appetite all contribute to dehydration. And if a person with diabetes becomes dehydrated, their recovery will be delayed and their risk of diabetic ketoacidosis goes up since insulin may not be absorbed properly. Reasonable carbohydrate intake is also necessary, preferably in the form of simple, easily digested foods. Of course, rest is essential along with limited contact with others in order to decrease the spread of the germs. And patients should be advised to maintain regular contact with their healthcare team until they recover. So what special supplies or equipment do you recommend for a sick day kit? There are a few things I like to recommend, but none is more important than having a written, clear, sick day plan detailing the items we just mentioned. The plan should include sick day items such as beverages for electrolyte and possible carbohydrate replacement, a thermometer, fever reducers, medication for diarrhea, and of course, a good, accurate meter and testing supplies. And for those who are using insulin, ketone test strips, and glucagon for low sugar accompanied by nausea when a person is unable to eat. Well, thanks so much for all this great information, Carly. You've given us some excellent tools for helping our clients prepare for and hopefully prevent common illnesses. I'd like to point out some of the resources contained at the ADCES website, including a practice paper and practice tool on vaccinations, a guide to DKA and sick days, and tip sheets on sick day management for adults and children with diabetes. Thank you, Jody. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. As we just heard from Carla, helping people with diabetes prevent and prepare for sick days is a necessary part of helping them stay on top of diabetes management. With the risk of coronavirus still looming, It is important to work with your clients to create a sick day management plan that is customized to their needs and situation and includes a list of supplies and equipment to manage their glucose levels until their illness clears up. You can access ADCES resources for sick day management at diabeteseducator.org forward slash sick day. For additional notes and resources from today's discussion, 
head over to diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. If you have any questions about the episode, send them to communications at adces.org. Today's episode and speaker was sponsored by Essentia Diabetes Care, makers of the Contour Next brand of blood glucose meters and test strips. To learn more about the accuracy of Contour Next brand meters and receive samples for your clients, visit ContourNextPro.com. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult with your healthcare professional for any medical questions.